It's about to go down with Mark and Kathy, a live coaching show about dropping ideas. Mark and Kathy coach and have conversations with brilliant idea creators who are reimagining the world through the expression of their words, thoughts, and actions. Hey, everybody. I am Kathy Armias. And I am Mark Williams. Welcome to another episode of It's About to Go Down. And every episode and every conversation is special to me. But this right here, I got my sister, Kathy. I got my brother, John Glozik. And let me tell you, I I'm not going to go into the whole story about how I met this most awesome dude. But what I will tell you is that I love this guy. I love this guy like a brother. And I am amazed by what he has done in his life. He is currently the publisher of New York Golf Magazine. He is a career drummer, or at least he started out as a drummer, getting back to drumming. So he's got that musical talent. And one of the funniest people I know, I got mm -hmm. to see him in stand-up. But even when he's not on the stage, he's always making me laugh. But we're here for some serious business today, John. And John's idea that he would like to share with the world is about how to turn your passion into your business. John Glozer, welcome to It's About to Go Down, my brother. Hello, and I have to thank you for calling me a dude. I don't know when that has ever happened before. <laughs> but, okay. But yes, brother, hello. Good to see you guys. And thanks so much for having me on. Thanks, thanks, thanks. So, John, tell us, take us back, right? Like, what was your passion or what was a passion? Gosh. And how did you turn it into a business? Why should we be turning our passion into a business? Tell us more about this idea. Okay, I, so, I didn't know it was a passion. I mean, I started playing drums when I was 10 years old. Uh, the short backstory there is I'm in, I'm in elementary school and a friend of mine, and we were in fourth grade. We liked two of the flute players in the band, two girls in the band. And we go down to the band. And this is where it could be funny. We go down to the band director in fourth grade. I'm seven years old and tell him we want to play flute in the band. And he says, well, I don't need any flute players, but I could use some trumpet players. We're all in on that because if we can hang out with the two girls, whatever it takes, we're in on hanging out and playing. Well, I'll play whatever you want me to play as long as we can hang out. Wind up playing trumpet for about two years. Uh, I wind up getting braces in my mouth. So that ends anything I can play. No saxophone, no clarinet, nothing with my mouth. And it was either piano, guitar, or drums. And I'm going like, well, piano, I can't move my 10 fingers that way. And that's a lot of who knows where they go and everything else. And then I'm thinking, well, a guitar player is not too bad, but that's my two arms and my 10 fingers. I'm like, I'll just play drums because that's just my two legs and my two arms. So I narrowed it down mathematically thinking I could do this. <laughs> I wind up taking drum lessons in fifth grade. And um, that continued on through elementary school, junior high school, and high school. And when I was, uh, I played in marching bands when I was 14 years old. I was very lucky to play at uh, City Field, which at the time was Shea Stadium. Uh, mm -hmm. I played in the Thanksgiving Day Parade and the St. Patrick's Day Parade, and I'm playing in marching bands and everything else. And when I was 16, I wound up 
going to the, a very famous drum instructor here on Long Island and knew who he was. And I was like, now I'm getting serious and I need to practice. When I turned 18, there was a drum shop that opened up here on Long Island. And I wound up having five stores. Now I'm all in on a career of playing drums. And that's kind of when you turned into whatever I was doing into now it's a passion and a career. Uh, I'm playing drums. I'm teaching drums. I'm working in the largest drum shop in the country. I'm there for 10 years. I'm meeting every famous drummer in the world at the time in the 70s and 80s. And I do remember my my mother saying to me, oh, this will be a good hobby. I'm like, wow. I'm working in the largest drum shop in the country. I'm playing drums. I'm teaching drums. And this is kind of beyond the hobby. So after 10 years of working in the drum shop, I'm thinking, what else can I do? You know, where, where am I going to take the career next? I've met everybody. I'm playing. I'm teaching. And I started a drum magazine, having no idea what to do. But timing is everything. And it's just when Apple came out with a Mac Plus. And I go buy a Mac Plus and I'm thinking, well, this is this is the this is the toy that I'm going to need to create a magazine. And I create basically a, a single page newsletter for my students at the time. And it goes from one page to four pages to eight pages to 16 pages. And then now it's costing me money. And it's either here comes the passion. Either I need to turn this into a business or I need to stop it because all it is, it's costing me money. And I decided to turn it into a business. And I, I got the major drum manufacturers to advertise, the cymbal companies, the, basically the drum industry to be involved. And I wound up interviewing the, the greatest drummers in the world from the, you know, the drummer with Letterman and the drummer with Billy Joel and the drummer with Bruce Springsteen and, and um, Kenny Arnoff from John Cougar Mellencamp and T, um, Tico Torres from Don Joe V. So I'm like a kid in a candy store. So, but it's work. And at the end of the day, it's really work and it's serious work. So I turn this into, you know, this 10 year old, seven, eight year old kid who turns, you know, loves drums, ironically, because I could have been a trumpet player if I didn't get braces. And I turn this, you know, 10, 15 years of being in the drum industry into a passion and a career and i wind up publishing this drum magazine for about six years mm. so what happens and i and i loved playing drums what happens is i wind up getting a job at a defense contractor uh grumman aerospace corporation they're here on long island Ironically, I said, I would never, ever work at Grumman. My father worked there. My mother worked there. My neighbor worked there. My cousin worked there. My cousin who married my neighbor worked there. My grandfather worked there. Everybody I knew worked there. But um, maybe this will help to clarify. Grumman Aerospace is the manufacturer of, if you ever saw Top Gun, the plane that Tom Cruise flies in was made here on Long Island. Mm. The LEM that landed on the moon was I actually sat it was made here on Long Island. Mm -hmm. So they have this huge history of, you know, creating amazing things for the planet. And, but I'm going, I'm not going to work there. I'm playing drums. I had hair at the time. Mark, you had hair at the time. So I had I hair at the time. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> I, 
I wind yeah. up working for this defense contractor. And about six months into the job, I go to my boss. I said, why did you hire me? I said, my, my resume said band, drums, musician, band, band. Never been on a job interview in my life. And he says to me, he goes, well, we interviewed for 30 days. He goes, we interviewed a bunch of people. He goes, you were the only one that seemed interested. And I'm going like, interested? I'm like, I'm asking, where do I sit? What time do I need to be here? I ask a lot of questions. He thinks I'm interested. But working there, I realized from the corporate perspective, everybody played golf. There's 35,000 employees. And we didn't live too far from a lot of golf courses around here. And all of a sudden on a Wednesday afternoon at one o'clock, you couldn't find anybody and they're all out playing golf. And I'm going, what do I need to do for my next career? Either I'm going to run this place and put man on, on man on Mars, or I'm going to go play golf. I wind up playing golf, take up the game. I actually call my father. I said, dad, I need to borrow your golf clubs. I told my boss I play golf. He's like, what? I go, I know. I lied to my boss. I told him I play golf. I need to borrow your golf clubs. Wind up getting my father's golf clubs, play with my boss. I play just as bad as he did. And started playing golf on a regular basis. They'd ask me to play more and more and more. So now I'm still publishing a drum magazine. I'm still playing drums. I'm still playing in bands. But now I'm working during the day from nine to five at this defense contractor, which was amazing. It was an incredible job. Loved it. But now I'm playing golf. Here's how. I'll call it ignorant I was. One day my boss comes to me and says, we're leaving one o'clock. It's in June. It's a gorgeous day. He goes, we're leaving to go play golf. Do you want to come? I go, I look at him. I go, what about my time card? He says to me, I signed your time card. I go, I'm in. I realize now I'm getting paid to go play golf. Thank you very much. Play golf, get paid to play golf, play more golf, play more golf. Get really good at it pretty quick. Not really good. I get, I get good enough at it relatively quickly. And about a year and a half later, I go to my dad and I say, Dad, I want to start a golf magazine because he played all his, his whole life. He says, no. I go, Dad, I'm starting a golf magazine, which I did. A month later, because I had the experience from the drum magazine and all that passion, I now start a golf magazine because I'm now I'm passionate about golf. And now I'm publishing a golf magazine and a drum magazine at the same time for six years. Wow. Here's what's interesting. So I remember people saying to me, wait, you publish a golf magazine and you publish a drum magazine. Do you work? I'm like, do I work? I'm busting <laughs> my butt. Like they think it's like happy day. I'm playing drums and playing golf. I'm like, no, that's not how it works. I'm practicing golf and I'm practicing drums. And yeah, and I'm putting out two magazines. So the golf magazine wound up taking off. And basically I explained it real simple. There's a lot more golfers and there's a, a lot more golfers than there are drummers. And I always said, do I want, think of the seventies and eighties. I go, do I want to hang out at country clubs or do I want to do really good drugs? I'm going, I want to hang out at country clubs. And that's, that's passion. It was, and now I've been publishing the golf magazine for 34 years. Mm. So world, yeah. it's Congrats. just, and thank you so much. And Anything and, else? Well, uh, you know, it, it was clear to me in that story, John, you turned pro pretty quick, right? I mean, you were getting paid to be on the golf. 
Yeah, well, I get, yeah. Wasn't a pro, wasn't that good. But yes, I was getting my paycheck and I was out going playing golf. I love it. But I think that's the big, I think that's the big, um, you know, the big idea here. A lot of people definitely segregate out. Even your parents were doing that too. And I, you know, if you listen to any story, I, I was listening to the story of, of shoe dog, Phil Knight, you know, when he started Nike. Yeah. And at some point, his dad was like, please go back to the firm and stop doing this tennis shoe thing that you're, <laughs> that you're doing as a hobby, you know? So right. I, I, you know, and you said something, Mark, I don't know if this hit you too, but how many of us have started something that we did on accident? I would say that we, we, we did something by accident. John's store is really cool. Cause it ultimately started, you know, the music started cause he wanted to hang out with the two girls, him and his friend, how many times I became like a Olympic level fast pitch softball player. And the first time I ever played softball was because somebody that was really popular in my elementary school. And I had just moved there, played softball. And I wanted, I wanted to hang out with the most popular girl. And then I became taking, you know, it turned into something. So John and Mark, I asked you, I would ask you this because now I feel like John and I have both said something. What's something that you've done that became a thing. And, and it was by accident. Man, you know, as, as you were talking, I was like, I'm trying to think of my thing and I might need a, a, a moment to think about that. I don't know. Well, I know that's something. I know that, yeah, go ahead, John. I was just like, take the moment to think about that and I'll just tell another side story. So when I was playing drums, and still do play drums, uh, at some point, probably when I was about, 25 or six i saw gregory hines the tap dancer in sophisticated ladies mm. on broadway in the city and it turns out he wound up obviously a phenomenal tap dancer with him and his brothers he wound up playing drums in the show amazing and the next day i literally went out and bought a pair of tap dancing shoes <laughs> And I mean, it was just like, I was, well, and it, of course I'm thinking, you know, a lot of musicians, Buddy Rich was a tap dancer, Johnny Carson played drums and a tap dancer. And they kind of, you know, the rhythm and everything goes kind of hand in hand. And I'm thinking, my gosh, I mean, this guy's phenomenal. And it turned out one of the drum students in a drum store I was working at, he was a dancer and his wife was a rockette. So I wound up taking dance lessons mm. from them. I took jazz tap and bell. I never turned it into anything, but I loved it so much. And I love Broadway and I love, obviously there's a lot of musicians and I have musicals and everything else. So I have that connection, but it was always interesting about, you know, what could I turn this into? But it also goes to, where do you want to spend your time? Yeah. Um, even now when being at country clubs and in the, in the golf business, a lot of clubs are putting in pickleball courts. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. And I'll go like, no, because I go, where do you want to spend your time? And if I'm spending it on a pickleball court, I'm not practicing golf and, and, and or I'm not playing drums. There is only so much time. So mm -hmm. I'm fortunate enough to have two passions that I could manage and you know, not necessarily juggle. They kind of go hand in hand. I work them together, but there is only so much time in the day. And you do really need to focus on whatever that passion is and whatever you want it to become. Um, and technology allows you to see that happening a lot sooner. I mean, I've seen some you know 20 year old musicians that are just insane off the charts and so good because they're on Zoom and they're watching other on YouTube and they're taking these lessons and 
no matter what you're doing, it's, it, you know, you take that passion to the next level and it's starting younger and younger and lasting longer and longer. Yeah. Did you figure out that moment yet? Um, nothing as grandiose as the two of you. Um, well, now let's talk about, you know, there's Toastmasters and education and all the things that you've done for kids and your passion for the kids and how we met and how wonderful the relationship we have. And, you know, COVID hits and we don't see each other as much, but, um, you know, we've influenced each other's lives. We definitely have. Well, I will tell you, um, I almost followed suit behind John because when I was a kid, I loved my Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> and it was my stepfather who, who, who called me in to the living room to watch the Iron Sheik and Hulk Hogan. And I was like, I don't want to watch that nonsense. I'm trying to watch Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> Which is a but I just, there, there was something about wanting to bond that I started to peak a little bit. And I got really into professional wrestling. Mm. So much so that beyond role-playing professional wrestling games, because they've had some card games, reading magazines, starting my own wrestling magazine. Wow. Granted, granted it was loose leaf paper and a pen. <laughs> and it never made it past my bedroom. <laughs> but I did apply for a job at a wrestling magazine. Uh -huh. And I even auditioned to be a wrestler with the WWE. But that's a whole nother story. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God, Mark. That story has got to be hilarious. Secret. He's keeping secrets from us. See? No kidding. I, I mean, I knew about the wrestling, but I didn't know all that. Wow. Yeah, so well, that's what happens when you open up a can of worms. I met Hulk Hogan. Well, I should say, yeah, I did. I met Hulk Hogan at LaGuardia Airport. Mm. Walking by with him and his entourage, literally said, said hello to the guy. You know, you look up at him and he's a big boy. Mm. Yeah. There he was, Hulk Hogan in LaGuardia Airport, getting huh. a connection. Wow. Hey, John, you know what I'm wondering? A lot of people have passions. Some would even call them hobbies, right? <laughs> My mom. Uh, right? Like your mom. What is it that for those who might want to turn a passion into a business, what is it that they're not getting? There is that that I don't know if it's they're not getting, they're not, they, they might be afraid or they're not sure or they don't know how. So maybe that's the what are they not getting? Mm. They don't know how. And I was a big reader of business books from, I, I guess, high school, junior high school. Like, you know, you mentioned Knight with his book. I read um, Jim McCann from 1-800-Flowers, who mm -hmm. started, you know, he started in one flower shop. The guy had a flower shop. And now he owns like 16 companies. He's been on TV, travels the world. Um you know, it, it's just interesting or uh, some of the people that I've interviewed business-wise, I remember interviewing, and this, I guess, relates more to a golf story, but 
way back when I interviewed the president of uh, America West Airlines in Phoenix, I was at the Phoenix Open, and this is probably 35 years ago. So was sitting on one of the tee boxes, just sitting talking about golf and business. And I asked, I said, how much business do you do on a golf course? And I'll never forget. He says to me, he goes, well, I call up Boeing, we go play golf, and I order airplanes. Like, I'm like, that's <laughs> it. I order a couple white ones, I order a couple tan ones, and he orders airplanes. So I realized, you know, how important golf is to business. But to answer your question, I think it's it's the the what they're missing is the decision to finally take that first step and do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you have the passion and you have some talent or some belief, um, don't let anybody stop you. I mean, I could have stopped a long time ago. You know, there's many mm-hmm. days you're thinking, is this really going to work? But I would also say you want to get people involved or if you don't know an answer or you need help, ask for it. Find out who knows the answer or somebody that you could take under your wing or someone that has an interest in you. And I I don't, you could be want to be a chef. You could want to be a musician. You could want to be a poet, whatever it is. If you want to be, you know, an entrepreneur, uh, being a painter, you know, go find out who's the best painter in the area where could you let take lessons or study from or and now you could zoom with anybody in the world i mean i i've done that now i'm finding drummers now all around the world that i could just find on youtube i try to find their website i send them an email and ask them hey i'd like to take some lessons from you you know just to expand expand the knowledge and that might be that step that people need to take that they don't have or don't believe in themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes, you know, ignorance is bliss. I didn't know that I was really, did I have, really have talent? Was I really good? I mean, I knew nothing about publishing, nothing. But I knew I wanted to educate my students and help my students. And I literally started with one page on a manual typewriter. And it's really hard to create three columns on a manual typewriter, let me tell you. And you know, make photocopies and literally cut and paste. So yeah. you know, nowadays you have all kinds of opportunities, and that's where, um, even with influencers on social media, uh, I was recently at a conference, and you know, uh, not to be sexist, but you know, these women that are on social media that get hundreds of thousands of followers because they're on some beach in, in a bikini, but. You know, there was one golfer that said, she goes, listen, I get it. That's not how I want to be known, but I kind of have to do some of that to be an influence golf, Mm -hmm. but I'm really about the golf. Mm -hmm. So, you know, social media, you have to have a head on your shoulders to, you know, what direction do you really want to take this in? And, you know, okay, stupid example would be if you want to be a painter, I mean, don't necessarily paint nudes. I mean, it might get you But if you want to be a really good painter, you know, there's a lot of options out there. There's a lot of ways to learn. Uh, And I guess that's the point of, you know, what are they not doing is go seek out the best. Um, Mm -hmm. And because the best at one time were where you are now. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading that in one of my business books about, I believe it was like Dove Soap, you know, and Dove Soap is pretty huge. 
But the guy that started Dove Soap took soap out of his trunk and went door to door. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have to start somewhere. Not a, you know, Dove Soap didn't start as a multi-billion-dollar company selling soap. The guy, or just like Jim McCann at One Hundred Flowers, he didn't have this mega corporation with you know candies and flowers and delivery and everything else, um, and just be ahead of the curve a little bit. Yeah. Gosh, you know, one of the things I I love that you said, John, because I think, I think if somebody's listening to you, I like it seems like it should just click for everybody. I love this thing, whatever my thing is, and why haven't I turned it into a business? I mean, literally, I'm listening to you, and I'm like, why? If why would I not turn my passion into a business? I mean, Mark, you and I could probably talk about something we're very, very passionate about, maybe more so than what we do for for business. And it's like, why are we not doing a business around that? And I, and I think one of the things you said is really critical. I think people have a lot of fear or don't know where to start or think that they need to be in a different place. And the, you know, the person that started Dove Soap didn't know how to make soap at, at, at one point, you know, somebody else was making soap and now that company probably doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah. And I think right? what you said, it, it, yeah, it's it being in a different place. You are where you are and, you know, it's, you have to kind of decide where do you want to be? And you don't even know that. You may not even know that answer yet, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, you want to go further and further. The ones that excel and the ones that are super talented. I mean, I remember, and yes, there's some natural talent involved, uh, but it being in the music world is, uh, well, tens of thousands of musicians talented living in their basement. Yeah. You to take that step out of the basement. Um and it's almost like, you know, Mark, you know, we could talk about Toastmasters and public speaking. You got to take that step to get out up on the stage. And we haven't talked about it yet, but even when I, you know, I started doing comedy, I turned it, you know, I had, not that I had passion for comedy, but it kind of turned into it because I turned it into a business. A friend of mine was doing it. You know, you laugh at comedy, but boy, to turn it into a business, it is, it is difficult it is hard to get up yeah. and be able to say you to make other people laugh i mean i can make you guys laugh right now and i can sometimes make my wife laugh but she doesn't think i'm funny you know and but to get up in front of 400 people and think you're going to be it's like hi make me laugh is a lot of work and i even when i was playing you know, let's go back to comedy for a second you could come up with a joke that lasts five seconds but it may have taken you five months to come up with that five seconds. Yeah. And even when I was playing drums, I mean, I would practice 10 hours a day. I mean, I got good at it because I was sitting at my neighbors. I look out my friends on out on the street playing football and baseball out on the street because it was back in the 60s and 70s and you could do that. And I'm like, no, I'm not coming out. I'm practicing drums. And I would be in my bedroom 10 hours a day practicing, practicing, practicing. And certainly there's people that spend more time doing it and got a lot better at it. But you want to, if you have it inside of you to want to do something with it, take that step and do it. You know, I got to ask you a question because I I don't think Kathy knows this about you, even though you've kind of said this. Oh, her and I talk all the time. We know more about each other. We go way back. (laughs) (laughs) It's so much easier Zooming with just the two of us. Yeah. (laughs) 
having you in there, Mark, it's just, you know, it's, yeah. I, I just get in the way. I just get in the way. Yeah. You know, John, you had mentioned going out and seeking the best. And you and I have talked about another speaker, Jeffrey Gittimer. Yes. And Kathy, the first time I really heard of Jeffrey Gittimer was from John. And one of the things that John shared was that after seeking out or connecting with Jeffrey Gittimer, he would actually go to some of the events and help out, right? Help mm -hmm. out at the table. But okay. all of it was really to learn. And I think there's something there because you said it with, yeah. with, the, with the drumming and the golfing. And I, and, and I think that's something that maybe people aren't doing enough. You, are, you, you make a conscious effort to learn from the best, to surround yourself by the best so that you can then eventually take that into turning this passion into a business. So I find that to be very fascinating. Yeah. I think you get to that point, and I think that's a great point is, and Jeffrey Gittemer is a good example. I mean, he's one of the best and he's around a lot and traveling the world and country and, and business and read a bunch of his books and he has his stuff online and YouTube. But and early on, it was, it, you, you get what you give. And I knew if I helped or be a part of get, get on the inside, um, I wanted to give, I just didn't want to take, I wasn't there just to take, I was there. Well, if you need something, what else could I do? You, you already have volunteers. I want to volunteer because now I'm not paying to be there but I'm getting the same, I'm getting more value. And now I'm on the inside. And I remember somebody saying it to me at a Gittimer event, but I said, they said, oh, John, you're on the inside now, you know? Mm -hmm. And there's, there's tens of thousands of people that would like to be on the inside, but I didn't do anything other than being genuine, being real, being sincere and going, hey, but the goal was, how do I get to the inside, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. I'm, going, I'm willing to, volunteer and my time and do whatever it takes and be real about it and you know he's a smart man and he saw that and I can remember one time he we, he was setting up an auditorium nobody's in there but him and he's got his projector screens and everything else but he needs duct tape to cover the wires and there's nobody around to be found there I go through a kitchen door and I am like, I'm walking where I really shouldn't be walking, but I'm walking through the kitchen. I'm trying to find a closet and I find tape. And there I am on the floor taping up the wires. And he looks at me and he went like, Klozak, you're in. Like he gets it. You know, it's just like, mm -hmm. it's no big deal. I'm putting duct tape. What's wrong with me putting duct tape on the floor covering a wire? And certainly and i did that many times for decades as a musician so it's no big deal but i think you get what you give and it needs to be genuine and real and i i've done that you know jim mccann from 1-800 flowers and a lot has to do with golf too i mean these if somebody does play golf and has relationships i mean i remember um you know i give somebody a copy of my golf book or i give them my business card and you have that connection of golf. And you know, when I call people, they think I'm calling them to ask them to come and play golf, but they, they return my phone calls. Hmm. I love it. They're like, play golf? Yes. Other thing? Mm, I don't know. I'm only I'm only buying airplanes on golf courses. So 
No, I love I love this. I guess Mark, you know, this is the part where, you know, my brain would be like, okay, John has this incredible story. He's done incredible things and listening to him talk. It's like if if he were sharing this on a TED stage and and really trying to encourage people about this idea of you should take your passions and turn them turn them into business. It's like, what is that big idea? And I start, I think we're starting to get at it. I love this thing. I feel like there's a big block that people have, John. I feel like people don't believe. It's like, you know, when you were little and your parents told you that there was a Santa Claus and then the day that you found out, you were like, wait, <laughs> what? What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> John's like, what do you mean? There's no big red, red suit, uh, beard wielding right. man yeah. that fits through your chimney somehow and even though in new york city we might not have chimneys <laughs> but you know do you remember that moment when you're like oh god i believed i believed and now i don't believe anymore i feel like that happened to us as adults too with working like we're like oh when we were young we were like oh i'm gonna be a doctor i'm gonna be a i'm gonna be an nba player i'm gonna be whatever and then i think we got to some point and we're like oh that was santa claus we don't believe that anymore or reality sets in yeah, some kind yeah. of weird, we have the people in our life that tell us the things like that's a hobby. But I love, I love that you've like, one of the things that I've noticed is that you've flattened the entire, like there's no, I mean, you're like, I'm going to go put duct tape down for somebody. I'm going to help right. somebody out. I'm going to call somebody and ask for help. I don't care. I'll figure out a way. It's like you find a way when you really want it, you find a way, but you have to believe. I don't know. That's what I was getting. Yeah. And I think, um, and that's a to lessen it a little bit. There's also reality, and maybe this is a good example. I know I will never be as good a speaker as Mark Williams, and I mean that generally and sincerely. And I'm saying as an example. So I know if I want to be involved with Mark and see what he does face to face and spend time with him, I I'm the I could be a part of his life by being genuine and wanting to help him. And I saw, and, and or it could be selfish because the day I saw him, I called him, like emailed him the next day going, okay, I want to be like you. You know, it's like, so there was a selfish part to it. You know, I like, whatever it is you do and however you do it, I want to be able to do that. Even though I can't, I want to know how I get from where I am to where he, as close to where he is. And yeah. or a Jeffrey Gittimer, who's a phenomenal speaker, has, you know, multiple number one bestsellers and everything else are going, well, I'm never going to have 10 bestseller books and I'm never going to have, you know, a, a million people on my email list. But how do I get from where I am to where as close to where he is and see what he does, how he does it? So I always wanted to see, you want to see the best of the best. And I always felt I was like that, that commercial that says that I think it was a BAS commercial, you know, we don't make cars, we just make cars better. Well, we don't make, you know, whatever that, we yeah. don't make mufflers, we just make mufflers better. I don't make Mark Williams, I just make Mark Williams better. That's, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is why, <laughs> you know, and, and that's kind of where I believe I fit in. I'm, I am not going to be the best golfer, golf publication in the world, but I just want to make my golf publication better. I am not going to be the best golfer in the world, but I want to be the best golfer I possibly can. And I seek out some of the best instructors and I'm around some of the best instructors and they want to spend time with them. And not necessarily by osmosis, but also by practicing and putting in the time. 
Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. Nobody wait. You know, Mark is not going to wave a magic wand over me and go, "All right, you're going to win. Go win Toastmasters next week." <laughs> like, no, it's not going to happen. Or I'm not going to be a funny comedian. You know, it, it, I got to put all that time in. But I have gone to see Jerry Seinfeld, and I have gone to see Chris Rock, and I go read read their books, and I, you know, you do the homework, mm. and and then, uh, you know, somebody one of the golfers said it the other day. He's like, "I've never worked a day in my life." You know, really, at the end of the day, you know, if you it's you turn your business and passion into what you do, yeah. You know, have I? Do I work? Absolutely. Do I bust my butt? Absolutely. But I'm going. I'm in the golf business and the drum business and the music business. And to practice is really hard. I mean, it's not easy. I realize, you know, there's a lot of talented musicians out there. But if you look at all the entire planet of all the people in the world, there's not a lot of Lady Gaga's out there or Barbara Streisand's and, you know, Beyonce and pickable actors and actresses. There is a click out there and if you know we watch tv every day and watch these actors and actresses and that's a lot of work to get to what they do and i'm like i mean i remember trying to remember i did a one-man show well i took a class okay let's go down that road i took like a six-week class to pay to perform and it was a lot of work to try and memorize 10 minutes of material in a one-man show i'm like really you know which is no less somebody else's material you know, it's not even yours. You're, you're learning somebody else's lines mm-hmm. and to perform that. And I was like, it's like insane. And it's, but these are, that's why there's professionals. Yeah. Now, shifting gears, I look at my life and I look back and I go, boy, what would I have wanted to do? And my passion, I wish I would have been an astronaut. You know, man, to, to go on the moon or go into space and or be in the medical field and help change the world. You know, you look back, but that wasn't even on my radar. I was playing drums. I had, like I said, I had hair and I'm like, playing. you practice it and practice and practice. And you end up in this tunnel of like, this is what I'm doing the rest of my life. And I thought I would. That is an interesting side shoot for me though. I can't get my mind off of that. The whole thing of like, we've all done something because we got there somehow accidentally. Yes. Like, or, or just in proximity, maybe not even accidentally, just proximity. You're in proximity to somebody or something. And that was, I mean, John, if you grew up in a household where your grandfather had went to the moon, right. <laughs> guess what? You would have been a lot closer to being an astronaut than a drummer, I think. <laughs> I was I was an insurance man. And it's hard to say it, for one day. My uncle mm. was in insurance. My parents were like, well, you know, this drum thing. Why don't you get a real job? And, you know, your uncle's an insurance man. Go see who he does. And I remember standing in an elevator, pushing a button, going, I am never going to do this. I was like, it was the last time I pushed this button. (laughs) I was in the elevator. I'm not an insurance man. And it's not happening. Yeah. Different, different opportunities come different ways. Wow. Wow. You know, I got to tell you, I, I've absolutely loved and treasure my career as an educator. Being in a random room where this lady, Kathy, was running a workshop. Happenstance, being on a stage at a conference and this guy, John, is taking pictures and capturing photos for the event. I don't know 
if I'd be doing this show with you. I don't know if I would have this speaking career if I had not happenstance or accidentally or coincidentally walked into that room where you were, Kathy, or been in the same room with you, John. Mm. Wow, that's I, true. Yeah, and, it, and the good news or what comes out of that is we like each other. See, and mm -hmm. that's important. Because that's really good. <laughs> yeah, you know who you don't like and you know who you're never gonna see again. And if you do see him again, it really doesn't matter because then you're not gonna see him again after that. It's like, it, it there's a connection and yeah. you right away, you know, um, listen, I could have emailed you, you could email me back. We could have not liked each other and it, the party would have been over. But all of a sudden, you know, you talk and have a conversation and it's genuine and it's real and it's nice and you say, all right, listen, it, this is going to go somewhere. Like, you, don't even, you don't even think of it. It ha naturally happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I could have went to my drum instructor when I was 16 years old who was famous at the time. And if I didn't like him, I was done. And I don't know what I would be. I'd probably be in insurance. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> there you go. And I, I'm, I'm very lucky. Mark, you have an incredible career as an educator and you've influenced so many students. And in my career as a drum instructor, I know I've influenced some I've never heard from, but I have one student who I had way back when, who's in Florida, reconnected with me on Facebook and has told me I changed his life. Mm. That is, you know, he, mm. and we're friends now and he plays golf and I see him in Florida and he has a music career that's incredible. But he said, you know, because when I came to you, this drum student, the drum teacher he had before me, he didn't like. And he was ready to quit. He goes, but when he came to me, he liked me. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that until 40 years later. But he goes, you changed my life. So I hang on to this one student that I'm like, it, it's precious. And you have so many, which is great. I mean, to, to influence a career of individuals is incredible. Yeah. Wow. wow. And John, you know, if there's one that you heard from, there's a hundred that you haven't, right? Like, so... They say where that about are the they? New York. I don't know where they are. What are they? What's taking them so long? Well, you heard that about the New York City rats, right? If you see one rat, there's a hundred more or yeah. something. Right? <laughs> and they're all, and some of them only have two legs. Yeah, they're not all equipped with four legs, exactly. No, but you know, maybe the maybe the deeper part of this idea is actually the. I mean, I'm more fascinated by what you said in this space, John, than because you when what you said made sense. It's like, oh, if you have a passion, well, first enough, be brave enough be brave enough to, to know that you can do it. Go seek out the people that you know that have done it before you because they at some point were in your same position. Be willing to put in the homework, you know, be willing to put in the work. You you haven't said anything yet that I don't think people would understand or go, yeah, that kind of makes sense. I'm more fascinated, Mark, by this like proximity, like where John got these unique, I mean, I would never put golfing, stand-up comedian, and drummer in the same room. Like in my mind, that doesn't, those aren't three things I would put together. And yet this is John's life. And, and so it makes me think, and Mark, the the space that you are in your life and what you do um, with your free time and what you do with your family and what you do for a job, it's been things that have been in your proximity. I don't know. It's kind of interesting to think about that piece of going back, going back a little further to even finding out where that actual hobby is and why it's run so deep. You know, what, what's in your proximity and would you even ask people, John, I ask you this question, would you even 
if you were talking about this as an idea on a TED stage, would you even ask people to pay attention to your proximity? Pay, have a little more intentionality on it. Like, and some people do. I think that's where the super successful, that upper echelon or that 1%, whatever you want to do, mm -hmm. Lady Gaga's um, interesting, you know, the Stevie Wonders of the world or all these Michael yeah. Jacksons, you know, they, they, that's the far and few between. But I think, like I said, there's so many talented people that are at that, that level below that, that are very talented. And, and, maybe, and I saw that in the comedy world and even in the, in the drum world. You know, in the comedy world, you got the Chris Rocks, you got the Jerry Seinfelds, you got the Jim Gaffigans, you got everybody you see. But there is a super talented group right below that level that nobody knows. Yeah. Or only a few, yeah. some people. They haven't made that mega superstar right. status yet. And I think that happens. I mean, if I said, if you said to me right now, who's the who's the shortstop for the Boston Bruins? You know, for pick not Boston Bruins because that's hockey. Uh, <laughs> that, that wouldn't work. But you know, you know, give me the shortstop for the Milwaukee baseball team. I'm like, I have no idea. Well, who's the center for the New York Giants? I have no idea because they're all in a uniform and it, you, know, you don't know. But they're making a lot of money. Um, I think it's. It is, and I saw it in the in the drum world where I knew all the famous drummers, but nobody knows who the drummers are. I mean, yes, people know who Ringo Starr is, but if I said to you, you know, who's the drummer with Bon Jovi, right? Yeah. Nobody knows. Who's the drummer with Billy Joel, who's every month he's at Madison Square Garden? Nobody knows. But I knew all those guys in the drum world, and, and that's super mega famous. That's and you and you live with that. You know, you know, you know, Phil Collins, people don't even know Phil Collins. Oh, Phil Collins see, is a drummer. Like, really? Yeah. Yeah, he was like, that's how it, that's where it started. So it's interesting. And I remember mm -hmm. seeing and now the, the younger generation kind of misses that. I remember a couple months ago, I went into a, a candy store, a chocolate store. How unusual, Mark, right? That I went for chocolate. Right. So in the store, there's an elderly woman behind a counter and it's 20 year old girl behind a counter but they're playing music in the store and mm. it's stevie wonder stevie wonder so i look at the old lady i say watch this i turn to the 20 year old and i say who is this like a deer in headlights no I, i'm like it's stevie wonder the guy's a legend mm. and i think we have to realize looking at yeah mm. maybe mention this we have to look at the history to be able to move forward Mm. And when I seek out the best, yeah, you want to seek out Stevie Wonder, you want to seek out Quincy Jones, you want to seek out Frank Sinatra. I mean, he's not around anymore, but you know, you're like, these are legends and you have to, how did they get to where they are? And it's practice, it's work, it's likability, it's being real. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, you, you talked about, Kathy, about paying attention to the proximity. And I think that captures so much from just paying attention to even the accidental things, right? Yeah. Like so much of, of, of your story starts with having a crush on a couple of girls, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew that just knew? trying to be around these two girls? Embraces. Right? Embraces. That's, that's all the all. Yeah. That's but even because I think there's two sides to it. It's paying attention to your proximity in terms of things you wouldn't even expect that could lead to something. And, and being open to it. 
and being and open, being to, open it. to it. Yeah, open to it. I, I was going to be a drummer my whole life. I was playing drums, and all of a sudden, you know, I get this job. I golf, get a job, and golf, now golf, I'm golf. Yeah. I was not from from the day I was born until 28 years old. I had zero interest in golf. Mm. but i saw it after a year and a half i saw it as an opportunity wow so pay attention to the mental and 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 you know be open to it and pay attention intentionally because kathy used that word before Mm. because i think about again the jeffrey gittimers all the different drummers you're around and doing your homework getting in proximity getting you you use that phrase getting on the inside I mean, mm-hmm. I, these are all so many valuable lessons, Kathy. I don't and, know what to think of. And I know we're going to wrap up soon, but you know, even the fact that having a commonality, because I just thought of each of us have published a book. Mm-hmm. So not only do we like each other, mm-hmm. I can talk about Mark's book, we can talk about my book, we can talk about Kathy's books. So it, is, it has things in common. And if whether you're a musician, a painter, or anything else we've talked about, being around p- other people that have your have something in common with adds to the adds to the experience adds to the journey we're all hilarious i mean come on all wait a second two out of three is not bad don't get him started (laughs) (laughs) you're like don't do that don't don't push his button i john i love it um i think i think you just have one of those stories though that's pretty inspirational yourself because i hear you talking about other people but when I listen to your story, you have that same inspirational story of just people respect that. They go, oh, this guy really liked drumming and damn it, he put together. I'm impressed by typewriter and column. Like I've, I'm still trying to figure out how you did that. Like that, there's there's gotta be a, quite a lot of math involved in, in doing something like that on a, and, yeah. but, I'm, but I'm thinking that, I'm thinking that, you know, everything that you said is kind of a parallel to so many things in life. Like pay attention to what's around you. Mark, you put, you called that out, right? Like just paying attention to what's in your proximity, be intentional, do something about it. And so j- just what you've done, even if somebody doesn't get inspired to, you know, create a business out of their quote unquote hobby, right. I think you've said a lot of things that make a lot of parallels. We could, we could keep talking forever, but you know, depends on how much time. you. <laughs> I know eventually we're going to run out of time, but it's also never too late. Whatever that passion yeah. is, you feel yeah, it, yeah. it's never too late. I mean, I was watching American Ninja Warriors last night, and one of the, yeah, right, 71 years old on American wow. Ninja Warrior. It was one of the contestants' moms. They got her to do it, and, you know, my gosh. If you want to take up drums at 71 years old, do it. I actually taught an 80, 80-year-old woman when I was teaching 40 years ago. God bless her soul. I'm sure she's gone. But I remember teaching that she was passionate about it, came in for lessons. I'm like, 80 years old, you want to start taking drum lessons? Really? Mm. All in. And I bet she did pretty good because of how much how much effort she was yeah. putting into that. Yeah. Loved it. I mean, she might not be a Phil Collins or, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. I love it. But you don't watch Emily- the best. You just have to be better. Yeah. Watch Emily in Paris. It's Phil Collins' daughter. Oh. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Emily and Emily in Paris. Is yeah, yeah. I've cool. I've actually seen I've actually seen a couple of episodes. Oh, that I did not know that. Oh. Yeah. Learn yeah. every day. See what happens when you put yourself in proximity of people. Yes. <laughs> exactly. 
Yeah. Well, I, that might be a good, this might be a good place to kind of wrap it up and talk about, like, it's been an interesting conversation. I, I love John, like what Mark and I do that I think that we love to do so well is we just have conversations about ideas. And so we just love dissecting an idea and we never know where it's going to go. We don't know what we're going to get out of it or what, aha, but I'm, so I'm curious to hear what you think. You came into this you came into the show already knowing that this idea you have done yourself, right? Um, where did it end up for you? Well, the- it's it's not going to end up. I think we keep going. And, uh, you know, I'm not doing comedy anymore. That was a result mm-hmm. of COVID. And, you know, there we go. Talk about practicing and going back in time. Uh, I haven't done stand up in three years and I'm not ready to start over again, but I become more passionate about drums and I'm practicing drums more. I just got my second drum set. So I think from you know this past conversation and past hour and ha- ha- past hour is, you know, our likability and how much passion we have for each other, wanting to be a part. I miss seeing Mark because, you know, since COVID, I haven't seen him, but, you know, Zoom helps a little, a little bit you're on the other side of the country and you know eventually we may get to see each other somewhere and Mm -hmm. it's about friendship you know i've always said it goes there's times where it goes beyond relationships and it becomes a friendship or it's Mm -hmm. not a business relationship it's a friendship and that's the three you know doing this and what i got out of this past hour is that what that's what the three of us have we have is this special relationship that has developed into a special friendship Mm. I second that. Thank you, John. I appreciate that so much. I love that you called out our connections too. I mean, because you can, I, I think you could take any three people and find the connection. And sometimes it, and sometimes it might not be easy. Because if you say golf, I'm going to run the other direction, like you might have done when you were 27, you know? And if I say pickleball, you're definitely going to run the other I'm direction. Out. Sorry. See, he's no out already. Pickleball, I'm out. <laughs> Maybe John, bingo. What? I could do bingo. Oh, okay. Bingo. bingo might be an in-between that we could all do. Yeah, we could do some bingo. <laughs> getting old. <laughs> oh, thank you for that, John. Thank so what, I, what I'd love to know, John, is, you know, people are watching our show and like, if they want to find more out about you or what you're doing, like, where would you direct people towards? They could go to nygolfmagazine.com. Okay nygolfmagazine.com and everything's there. My contact information's there, website, email, all that stuff. It's all there. Great. And they don't need to be interested in golf. That's okay. Love it. Or pickleball. (laughs) (laughs) Or professional wrestling. Or professional wrestling. They just need to be interested in you, John, and your idea. Well, thank you for being on the show, John. And for anybody watching, you know, um, Mark and I love to talk about ideas. So if you have an idea that you want to talk about and you're like, ooh, I just think we, I'd love to have an idea conversation with you and Mark, hit us up. We have a website. It's not nygolf.com, but it is, it's about to go show, it's about to go down show.com. You can reach us there. Um, or maybe, you know, somebody you're like, you should be on Mark and Kathy's show, reach out, tap in. We'd love to, because today y'all, it went down. And next time it's going to go down as well. And every time it's going to go down. So thanks for tuning in to another show of it's about to go down. 